I'm going to take your attention to the book of Ecclesiastes, the third chapter. Very familiar passage of scripture, and many of you could probably quote it with me. To everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under heaven. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to pluck up that which is planted. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to break down and a time to build up. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to get and a time to lose. A time to keep and a time to cast away. A time to rend and a time to sow. A time to keep silence. That's a hard one for me. And a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time of war and a time of peace. Down to verse 11. He hath made everything beautiful in his time. Also, he hath set the world in their heart so that no man can find out the work that God maketh from the beginning to the end. And this morning, I want to bring to you with the help of the Lord and with your help this morning. I know that it's Mother's Day and I know that we have guests, but every one of us understand that we have come to an apostolic church where there is apostolic worship. And we're coming to you from the unadulterated word of God. And I'm bringing to you this morning anointed for purpose. And I believe that before we leave this place, that God is going to birth a purpose in every one of us, whether you are a lady, a mother, a daughter, or you're one of the gentlemen that are sitting here, God has a plan for this service. I know that he spoke to me. And I know that he knew exactly where we would be this morning. And what do you say that we just allow the Lord to have his way to work through us? I can tell you right now that my grandfather would say, you better have church. And you better worship. And you better give it everything you've got. And so that is what we're going to do this morning. Across this place, why don't you lift your hands. Ask the Lord to help us this morning. God, we worship you. We are honoring you, God, with our praise. God, I am humbling myself before you, asking, God, that you would anoint me, God. Use me for your glory, God, that your word would not go out void, Lord, but that it would do its intended work and purpose in our lives. And we're going to praise you in advance in the name of Jesus. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise as you're seated. The state of Indiana is notorious for all four seasons. Now, I'm beginning to wonder, to be honest with you, this cold spell that we have, come, have had come through has just not settled very well with me because it's already been 80 degrees around here. And so I just keep expecting it to stay there. But we are notorious for all four seasons. Spring, of course, is beautifully green and full of blooms. And every year, I think I say to my husband, have I ever told you what my favorite color is? To which he would reply, green. Because that means everything is coming to life. Summer in Indiana is nicely tempered. It's not too hot and it's not too cold, just like the three little bears. It's just right. Fall is brilliant with colors of scarlet red and 
almost neon orange and golden yellow. And winter, if it deals kindly with us, brings soft snows. Sure it does. And bearable temperatures, if it's nice. (laughs) Now, I enjoy the springtime because, like I said, green is my favorite color. And I look forward to every opportunity to get outside as soon as that weather changes because I have been tired of being cooped up in the house after a long winter. But I resent the fluctuating temperatures that threaten to cause me to have to pull those boots and tights out of storage. Because as soon as that weather changes, everything gets out of my closet. I don't even want to see it anymore. And I think that fall time is beautiful. And I always get tickled when my husband's family comes up from Texas because they're so enamored with the brilliant colors. And every year I always think that it's the first time I have ever seen the colors as brilliant as what they are. My guys love to hunt as soon as fall time comes around. Scott's back there. He's shaking his head. He knows exactly what he's what I'm talking about. In fact, somebody said, who's ready for duck season? I said, stop right there. We have not even had summertime yet. So give me a break and don't talk to me about it. But I do, just like my grandma used to do, there is a sense of depression that starts creeping in in me in fall time because I know what is coming. I despise wintertime. I hate it. I'm from Indiana, and I hate wintertime. Everybody knows that. There, I have discovered there are only five good things about wintertime. Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's, The awakening, including the Daniel fast, we all feel better, admit it. And then the fifth thing is when it is over. I hate to be stuck indoors. I begrudge my dirty carpets, and I hate salt-covered vehicles. I freeze to death, and I can never get warm in the wintertime. But my absolute favorite time is... Summertime. My responsibilities most often go undone because all I want to do is just be outside. I sit in the sun as much as possible to replenish the vitamin D that was stolen from me during the wintertime. All of my favorite activities and hobbies are best done in the summertime. I like to boat. I like to swim. I like to bike ride. I like walking. And if I had a choice, don't get scared, but if I had a choice, I would travel all four seasons to climates that are summertime. I am getting a strong amen. I feel retirement coming on. Nature teaches us that there is a cycle, just like the seasons, there is a cycle to life. Life is conceived, and every mother that has ever found out that she was expecting a child becomes so excited, and they begin to daydream. What will my child look like? Will they have blonde hair, or will they have brown hair? Will their eyes be blue, or will their eyes be brown? And we open up the baby name book, and we start going through the baby name books. And it's a good thing that we didn't have girls in my family, because the girls' names were going to be Shaniqua, Shanene, and Shania. And then 
Of course, Aiden and Brantley were going to be Shakira and Shaka Zulu. That's just the way it was going to be. After a season of development, then life is, is birthed. And to every mother and every father, it's the most beautiful child that you have ever laid your eyes on, regardless if they look like a drowned rat. They're gorgeous and they're beautiful. And then the cycle begins. There is the infant stage and the toddler stage and the adolescent stage and the dreaded teenager stage and young adults, and then midlife, and then all of a sudden, life begins to change, and the nest becomes empty, and life begins to be redefined. And soon, sooner than what we would like to admit, then the elderly stage comes, comes around, not saying that you're elderly. Don't get offended at me. But the truth is, is that once life has run its course and it's taken its toll on our natural bodies, and then death claims our lives. Our life in the spirit, although similar, is different because a death must take place before a birth can happen. There is a cycle to our spiritual lives. A desire is conceived in us when we realize that we are sinners and we need a change in our lives. And so we choose to repent. Anybody in here ever repented before? Repentance is more than just saying, I'm sorry and forgive me. But repentance is saying, not only am I sorry for what I've done, but I'm going to change my life and I'm going to head in another direction towards Christ and away from the way that I've been living. And then there is a death and a burial when we go down in water baptism in the beautiful name of Jesus. There's nothing magical about the water that's in that box. In fact, I like to tell visitors for shock value that that's the snake pit. But it's not. It's the baptismal. And there's nothing magical. It's just tap water that is in there. But there is a symbolic of the shed blood of Jesus Christ that washes over our lives. And our sins are not only forgiven, but they're washed away and they are removed no longer to be remembered because we have been buried in Christ. Not a physical burial, but the old person that we used to be has been buried. And then we rise to live a new life in Jesus Christ. We come up out of the waters of baptism, a new creature in Christ. The Apostle Paul wrote, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. This is what the Word of God instructs instructs us in Acts the second chapter, repent, be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you will, not maybe, not if, if you're willing, you will receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And it is at that point that life begins for every child of God after we have died to our sins. The Holy Ghost is that life-sustaining power, that overcoming power that makes you, the church, unstoppable. If it gives us supernatural power that we wouldn't have on our own 
to overcome every temptation. If you have not repented of your sins, today is the perfect day to do that. If you have not been baptized in Jesus' name, there's water waiting on you at the conclusion of this message, and you can be baptized in Jesus' name. And if you have not received the Holy Ghost, or it's been a long time since you've allowed the Holy Ghost to operate in your life, you can receive the Holy Ghost today. Don't put it off any longer. We're not promised tomorrow, but the Lord wants to fill you with the Holy Ghost. If you believe that, give the Lord a shout of praise. Our life in Christ has a purpose that we must fulfill. It is a commandment to fulfill his purpose. Fulfilling that purpose is to live, to know that you are fulfilling the purpose that God has for your life. Many people waste their years trying to find out what is my purpose, wondering what the will of God is for their lives. It's as though they're waiting on that voice from heaven to say, this is your purpose. Or that miraculous vision of, oh, I can see myself doing this and doing that. As women, we often look at ourselves as merely mothers and daughters and sisters and homemakers help meets, students, chief cooks and bottle washers, as my mom would always say. And every one of those roles are important. But as children of God and as daughters of Zion, we are much more than that. We don't always know the true depth of our purpose until we have fulfilled it. Mary, a girl without a husband, birthed a Savior. What was conceived in her was of the Holy Ghost. Elizabeth birthed John, the forerunner of Christ, a child that would be full of the Holy Ghost from his mother's womb. Never again does the Bible record of Elizabeth after the birth of John. Scholars even believe that she died before she even saw her son's purpose fulfilled. Sarah, in her old age, gave birth to Isaac, the promised child of Abraham. Rebecca, Isaac's wife, conceived twins, Jacob and Esau. Bless her heart. Jacob wrestled with the angel, and his name was changed to Israel, and a royal lineage was promised to him. Bathsheba, the mistress of King David, birthed the wisest man to ever live, Solomon. God redeemed her situation. Jochebed, an Israelite slave held captive in Egypt. Yet in her captivity, she birthed Miriam, a prophetess, Aaron, a high priest, and Moses, the most powerful leader that the children of Israel had ever known. All of these women were obedient to the purpose that God had designed for their life. I want to admonish you that if you have ever questioned whether or not God has a purpose for you, let me tell you what his word says in the book of Jeremiah. For I know the plan I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to keep you and not for evil and to give you a future and an expected end. 
Not every woman and not every female under the sound of my voice is a mother. But every Holy Ghost-filled woman is birthing something through their obedience to God. His purpose and his plan that is unstoppable. Nothing can stop the purpose of God in an obedient church. The gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. When we link up with the purpose of God, the supernatural begins to happen. The early church lived a Nazarite type of consecration to Jesus and to his purpose. And that consecration was the secret to the early church's supernatural power. Do you know what the biblical path to spiritual power is? Consecration to the purpose of Christ. If you want to walk in the power of the Holy Ghost, consecrate yourself to the purpose of God. The word consecrate means to make holy or to dedicate to a higher purpose. So powerful was the impact of the early church that they were accused in the book of Acts of being those that turned their world upside down. I don't know about you, but I want to turn my world upside down. I want to be dedicated to the purpose that God has for my life. Can you imagine Mary, the mother of Jesus, known to be a virgin and engaged to marry a Joseph, yet she finds herself expecting a child, and not just any child, but Emmanuel, God with us. She knew that if she would tell those that were around her what was being birthed in her, that they would never believe her. Gabriel told her not to be afraid, but I'm sure she had her moments of fear and doubt. She knew that in her world, she could be killed or stoned for the very appearance of having known a man. Gabriel told Joseph not to be afraid to take Mary as his wife, yet he knew the scrutiny of the men of his day. He knew that they would believe that by taking her as his wife, that he was making right his wrong. Yet Joseph and Mary knew that this child was destined to change the world because they had a promise from God. Elizabeth, the mother of John the Baptist, the Bible says that she was righteous before God and she was blameless. Yet she was barren and well past the point of being able to have children. To make matters worse, her husband was old. And when Gabriel told him that his wife would birth a son, Zacharias doubted. And his ability to speak was taken from him because of his doubt. And Elizabeth finds herself with child. The Bible says that she hid herself for five months. She knew that the people would think that she had been with someone besides her husband, and her husband couldn't speak on her behalf. Yet John was born. He was mighty and powerful in the Lord. He was filled with the Holy Ghost in her womb, and multitudes were turned towards the Lord because of him. You don't know what you are birthing in the Spirit. You won't always know what your purpose is. But if you are obedient to God's purpose, what is birthed in you may very well turn your world upside down. 
Your greatest contribution to the kingdom of God may not be something that you do, but it could very well be someone that you raise. Mary and Elizabeth, Sarah, Rebecca, Bathsheba, and Jochebed had circumstances that were against them. They had obstacles that made them feel like nothing great would ever come of them. Life had knocked the wind out of them. Their reputations had been questioned and were at stake. Those that surrounded them didn't understand what was happening to them, and they certainly didn't understand what was happening in them. But this they knew. God had visited them. God had smiled on them. God had a plan and a purpose for them. And they were assured about this, about their God. He sees, he knows, he cares, he protects, he redeems, he delivers, he elevates, and he brings out. Because he is a God who has a purpose for our lives. They were sold out to his purpose, whatever the cost might have been. They didn't know how it was all going to turn out, but they did know that all things, everyone say all things, work together for good to them who are called according to his purpose. They knew that God had begun the work in them and that he was able to keep it and to perform it. They knew that God had promised and that it would come to pass. If God has promised you that something great would be birthed in you or through you, do not ever question it. Because if he promised it, it will come to pass. You know that the enemy worked overtime on their minds. The enemy will attempt to lie to us and to tell us our circumstances are too hard. Too many factors that count us out and weigh us down. You know that the enemy will try to tell us that we aren't worthy. Our past is always with us. No one has confidence in you that any good thing will ever be birthed in you. The enemy will lie to you and tell you that people will never forget. I rebuke the voice that speaks those things to you in Jesus' name. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Greater is he that has called us than he that wants to take us out. And greater is he who has redeemed us than he who wants to keep us bound in our past and in our sins. We need a renewed consecration to God and to his purpose. What is his purpose? To give life, to give his life a ransom for many. To destroy the works of the devil. To seek and to save that which is lost. This is the purpose of the church, and this is the purpose of every woman sitting under the sound of my voice, to take a people out of this world for his namesake, to win the lost 
Luke said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, to set at liberty to the him or to them that are bruised. That is not just talking about the men or the women that stand behind this podium, but that is our commission to reach those that are lost, to minister to those that are hurting, to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ because they need us savior they need what you and i have that are in this place today it is not a mistake that we were reserved for this generation and for this time you have a purpose you may be raising children right now some of you may be raising the next great evangelist. You may be raising a missionary that will bring the gospel to the unreached for an end-time harvest. You may be raising a man or a woman that is going to be powerful in the spirit. But your home may be silent from the pitter-patter of little feet. But your grandchildren are looking to you for guidance. You may have never birthed a child, but something is being birthed in you that is powerful and unstoppable. You may be a soul winner. You may turn out to be a great Bible study teacher, an intercessor that is feared by hell, that causes demons to run, that stands in the gap for those who dangle in the balance. You have a purpose. And God wants to fulfill that purpose in your life. God has planted a seed of purpose in you. He is birthing purpose in you. He designed your purpose when you were in your mother's womb. He knew the plan that he had for you. Everything about you, God did on purpose. It's not by accident. There is an anointing of purpose on every life that is sitting under the sound of my voice. You ladies are anointed to raise your family. You're anointed to train your children in the ways of the Lord. You're anointed to pray for your husbands. You're anointed to work for the kingdom. You're anointed to turn your world upside down. You are anointed for purpose. You may ask, why have I been through the things that I have been through? Why do I have the obstacles that I have to face? Why do I face the battles that seem to rage in my life? Why am I pressured on every side? Why are the cares of this life weighing me down? Why is stress and heartache my constant companion? Could it be that God is trying to birth a precious anointing in your life for purpose? Let me close by telling you how the anointing comes. You see, the anointing oil was made from five primary ingredients. Olive oil, calamus, cassia, cinnamon, and myrrh. Every ingredient in the anointing oil had to be crushed and it had to be pressed. 
and it had to be beaten, and it had to be squeezed, and it had to be strained until all that was left was the precious oil that was woven into the exterior elements. Nothing of the exterior was left after the process of gathering that anointing. God is trying to pull an anointing out of you for a purpose. And if you feel like that you are going through it and you feel like that there is too many things that is standing against you for God to be able to anoint and to use you, let me assure you that if you will submit to that process, God is going to birth a powerful anointing in your life. The pressure that you're going through is going to birth a resilience in you that you didn't have before you went through the pressure. The test that you are going through is going to produce a testimony in you that you didn't have before you went through that test. The beating down of your spirit is going to cause you to have strength to stand in the face of adversity. There is a purpose to what you are going through. And that purpose is going to birth an anointing in you that you have never had before to fulfill that purpose. The anointing. This means everything in my life. I don't want to walk a day without the anointing of God. I don't want to fight the process in order for his purpose to be fulfilled in my life. I know this is just oil, but it is symbolic of the, of the anointing that God has for us. The anointing there is an anointing in you, but it can't come out of you until you have been through the press and you have been through the process and you have come out the other side to fulfill your purpose. Many want the anointing. They want to be great women of God. They want to fulfill a purpose, but they don't want to go through the process that it takes to get there. I'm going to ask my aunt, Aunt Debbie, to come forward for just a minute. Spencer, as they come, would you hand them one of these, please? Everybody looks at a beautiful pastor's wife and thinks, how anointed is she? How beautiful is she? How kind? How many times does she say an encouraging word? But you don't know the pressure that this woman has been through the last two weeks. And you don't know the stress, and you don't know the load, and you don't know the heartache. But God is birthing a purpose in her for ministry. <laughs> Stephanie Rennick was diagnosed with cancer. Sickness ensued from the chemo that she had to take. She had to lose her hair. But God had a purpose because a few Mother's Day ago, that big old tall guy that's standing in the aisle right now happened to walk in on Mother's Day and said, what does a guy got to do to get baptized around here? Because she was willing to go through a process that birthed a purpose. God had a purpose for it. Paula Myers, some of you don't know her story, 
left alone when a husband walked out on her, didn't know what she was going to do, had no one to turn to, had no one to talk to, but God was developing a prayer warrior in this lady. I can't tell you the numbers of times that I've come into this church and I've heard the prayers of that woman and I've seen her knelt here. Had she not submitted to the process, God could never have birthed that purpose in her life. Sister Robin's not here this morning, but she laid on the floor in the front of this altar area just a few weeks ago, dead with no heartbeat. Death gripped her body, but God had a greater purpose because a testimony was birthed in her that she didn't have before the process that God had for her. Sister Ashley, the pressure of a new pregnancy, an unexpected pregnancy, not having a home, all of the things that are facing you. But what if that child that is in your room right now is going to be so anointed of God that he turns the world upside down? What if God is birthing something great in you? Sister Jackie Haynes, you know the pressure that I'm talking about. You've faced that pressure. You've wondered, where am I going to turn? I'm a single mom. How am I going to do this all by myself? But God has a purpose for the pressures that you're going through. God is going to birth that anointing, and your purpose is going to be fulfilled. Sarah, I've heard you say multiple times that you want to be used of God, that you want to be anointed. I'm telling you this morning that if you will submit your life to the process of God, that he is going to birth that purpose in you, and you are going to reach your family, and your family is going to be saved because a testimony is coming from you from the process. God has a purpose for your life. Nicole single mom raising a beautiful daughter, wondering where am I going to turn and how is God going to take this? But Nicole, I'm going to tell you that all things work together for good to them that love the Lord who are called according to his purpose. I couldn't be any more proud when I see you on this praise team knowing the circumstances that you have faced with your hands lifted with you giving the Lord all the praise that you can sometimes she shows up in practice and she's holding that beautiful baby that sits there and grabs at that microphone wanting to do what her mother is doing because there is a purpose to what the process has brought into her life I'm just wondering how many of you ladies out there want the anointing of God? How many of you are willing to go through the process to be able to fulfill your purpose? How many of you are willing to get up from where you are and walk to the front right now and to grab one of these oils and say, I'm going to let my life be anointed from God for God. I'm going to fulfill my purpose. Are you willing to do that? Are you willing to go through the process? Because there is a purpose to your life. Let me tell you something about this oil, ladies. I don't, my husband preached a message many, 
Uh, it's been a long time ago, and he talked about the anointing oil, and he talked about the process that all of the elements have to go through before this anointing oil can be created. And he told us how that the priest would come into the tabernacle to minister, and how that a horn of oil would be poured over their heads, and how that oil would weave into their garments, and it, it would saturate from the top of their head all the way down to the soles of their feet. But something special happened with that oil. You see, that oil evaporated, and you couldn't even see a mark. You couldn't even see a stain anywhere on that garment. Is that not just like the Lord? That when it's all said and done, that he beautifies our scars he gives us beauty for ashes, for all the things that we've been through. But the word says that that oil weaved through those garments and it evaporated. And you couldn't even see where that oil had flowed over them. But when they would walk out in the congregation, they did not have to tell anybody that they had been anointed because there was a very specific thing that was left that spoke, God has an anointing on my life. I want you just very carefully, I want you to open those bottles. Don't take a huge whiff, but take a small whiff. And I want you to smell. That's what was left. That is the formula that oil has calamus and cassia and cinnamon and myrrh. Because after the process and after the anointing, that was what was left. You may be going through it today. You may be wondering, can I ever be used of God? It's not just about being a mother. But you still have to train your children. And they still have to find their purpose in life. And it's your responsibility. It's not my responsibility. I'll do everything I can. I've pledged it to you multiple times. I will invest blood, sweat, and tears into your children. But it's your responsibility. Maybe you're a grandmother that brings their grandchildren when your children aren't coming to church. It's your responsibility. And when you allow yourself to go through the process that God has for your life, there is something that is so powerful that is left through that anointing because of that process that no one ever has to ask, are they women of God? Are they daughters of Zion? Because what is left from that process will birth an anointing in your life that will allow you to fulfill your purpose. If you're willing to go through that process and you want God to fulfill his purpose in your life, why don't you raise your hand if the congregation would stand with us. This isn't just about these ladies, but it's about every one of you because not only do these women have a purpose, but every one of you gentlemen have a purpose. You're the priest of your home. It is your responsibility to lead your family. But if we will allow God to take us through the process, he will birth a powerful anointing in your life. We worship. Congregation, just extend a hand forward toward these ladies this morning. Ladies, lift your hands in the air right now. We're just going to pray. 
God, we pray that you would use them. Help them to discover, if they don't already know their purpose, help them to discover their purpose. Help them, Lord, to engage in the work of the Lord like never before. Let there be prayer warriors and soul winners, labors and workers in the kingdom of God. Let them be effective, O Lord. Let them never discount, Lord, the purpose that you have called them to. Use them, O Lord, as you see fit. We thank you, Lord. 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 Hallelujah, hallelujah. I want to challenge you this morning. I want to challenge you to take that oil that you've been handed. I want you to put it to use. Nothing magical about that oil, but there's something magical. There's something supernatural about what God wants to do in your life. There's something powerful about what God wants to do in your life. I want you to take that oil home with you. And over the next few days, I want you to find an opportunity. And maybe it's in the living room and it's in the kitchen and the dining room and the bedroom and throughout your house and the different points and places of your house where you interact with your family, interact with your neighbors. I want you to take that. I want you just to take the, some time to anoint a piece of furniture where that husband may sit or where that child may sit or where that neighbor may sit that you're going to be speaking to and you're going to be talking to. And I want you to pray the anointing of God. I got in my truck the other day and I reached over and opened up my glove compartment to get something and there was a handkerchief. And I thought, I don't remember. Oh, never mind. I didn't put it there. But I've got a praying wife that somewhere, somewhere back down the road, because I hardly ever open that compartment, but somewhere back down the road, she anointed it, put it in there and said, God, order his steps. Order his steps. Your job your calling, your purpose is much greater than just to cook Sunday dinner. Much greater than just to do housework and just to care for the kids. But your calling, your purpose is much, much greater. Much greater. God has a reason. God has a purpose. God has a plan. Submit to it. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. May God richly bless you this morning. Could we honor all of our mothers this morning, all of our ladies, our grandmothers today with a great big hand clap. God bless you this morning. God bless you this morning. Return to your seats. We have some gifts. We have a presentation from the children here in a moment. We are blessed with some wonderful ladies in the church. One more time, let's give them a great big hand clap today.